Thank you for downloading our podcast from Italy. It's the 28th, a Sunday morning, a foggy Sunday morning here in the Candeliano Valley. The cold air is coming in. It's been a warm, kind of wet. uh, Yesterday was dry. Dry, but it's been kind of a humid uh, winter. No, yesterday was dry. Yesterday was, but... You're ruining this intro. <laughs> you ruined it. You're giving false information. In. Well, it is getting it, this air has changed, and it is a thick, foggy morning, and I'm loving it. My name is Jason. You already have heard from Ashley, right over sitting across from me. <laughs> Together, we run, own, and operate La Tavola Marche and Agriturismo Cooking School here in Piobico, Italia, a little slice of heaven. Yes, we do. Coming at you, our uh, inconsistent podcast. We've been doing pretty good lately, trying to do it every Don't pat yourself. All right, I want. You did one a week ago, and before that was over a month. I think it was like Christmas. two weeks ago. Whatever. <laughs> Well, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. As I watch Six Cats Sleeping right beside me, what a life. Uh, we keep plugging along, um, doing the little the fixes. We're into painting the uh, the top floor apartments, and we're going to work our way down. And the, the um, we've completed the kitchen, and we've completed our little space. So that's all going, and uh, we'll leave that for another time. But, still working on lighting. Yeah, still working <laughs> on lighting for the kitchen. We'll figure it out. But um, we finished another round of sausages with the Godster. Another round means 55 kilos. How many pounds is that? 110 uh, something. 100 so, and something. That's kind of like a, like a little shit ton of sausages there uh, for a Saturday morning. Godji was here bright and early, of course. Um, classic as usual. They're... Salt is always an issue <laughs> when he first sees the box of salt, which Jason made sure to get the specific one that they had used last time because there's always a salt conversation. Um, he said, oh, yeah, this is this is the good salt. This is the good salt. Good salt. Good job. Good job. Then as they were salting and peppering it, mm, no, not fine enough. This, it should be much finer. It's like, gee, oh, my God, this guy, God, you can gee, never win. Big, okay, I know it's always a big deal with the it's freaking always- salt and the grind of the pepper and the amount of salt and all that crap. I've been trying to hedge my bets and, like, cut them off of the past. So when we were with Vittorio doing the salamis last time, I took a picture of the salt. What's the brand? Like, the whole thing. So it's like, oh, I know that one. Okay. So I went and got it. So they'll be, So he can't comment about, oh, it's not the right type of salt. No. He, it's he, always wrong somehow. It's just wrong. The but- best part was also um, <laughs> he got a phone call and it's inside and he's t- somehow it was working unbelievably. And he's talking on the phone for a second and they were starting to um, mix the sausage or mix the meat. Um, and so Jason continues doing it and Gaji is silently like hitting, swatting at Jason to stop. And it was so funny because he's trying to talk on the phone. I have no idea who he's speaking with. And he keeps giving us like a parent, like the God damn it, if you don't stop this, wait till we get in the car kind of look. And it was like, and Jason just kept doing it. And it was one of those hysterical, precious moments that I'll hold with me for a long time. <laughs> he just, it was dad for sure. God damn it. I can, I'm the only one who can do this. <laughs> just, anyway, everything went fine. The sausages are hanging up. They look great. They're doing their thing. They're getting they're drying correctly. They're not smooth. They have the little bumps on them, meaning that they're these the uh, casings are drying with the meat. Excellent. Um, one of the funniest things 
that happened that day, I think, was when it came time to eat lunch. And I just figured we're eating grilled sausages and salad for lunch. Yeah. And we don't eat bread or pasta on a normal basis. I don't – let me back that up. If I keep bread and pasta in the house on a normal <laughs> basis, I will eat the bread and pasta. So I can't have it here. No. When, we'll eat it when we go out for dinner, for lunch, if we go to Gaji's. But we try not to have it in the house because Jason is what I like to call the cookie monster. Yes. So if we've got it here, it will be eaten. So I don't really keep it here. And I thought, oh, well, we're making ugh, 55 kilos of sausage. <laughs> I want grilled sausages and salad for lunch. So, Well, she- Gaji showed up with a little pot of sauce, which was um, also very vague and curious because he wasn't sure what sauce it was. Which makes me think it was definitely brought out of the freezer. And I thought he brought pasta with him as well. He knew we weren't really eating pasta. So it comes time and he's like, all right, let's boot to, let's drop the pasta. And uh, Jason was like, uh, where's your pasta? And he was like, where's your pasta? And I said, I got eggs and flour. Because start- <laughs> I can make some. And he's like, oh, God damn it. Son of a bitch. Basically, he's like, well, <sighs> fine. Because uh, I, I go, I thought we were just going to have grilled sausages and salad. He goes, fine. fine. And then, so he's like, fine. So Jason putters around for a second. And then he's like, well, at least we'll have penny brustolito bread, grilled bread with a little olive oil and salt with the sausages and, and the salad. And Jason goes, I for, I didn't get any bread either. God, you gets up. He goes, I'm out of here. <laughs> he's like, uh, like, that was it. He goes, it's one thing to not have pasta, but to not have any bread. He, for him, this was absolutely reckless. This, this was, this was, uh, he said, he went to a g- diatribe of how many kilos of pasta, dried pasta for him and La Rosana, his wife, that they have in the multiple houses. And then, how it's part of the elementary. It's like an element of the kitchen. And how could you not have at least, Regazzi, at least a couple of kilos of, a, you know, some barilla or something. Said, oh my God. I go, normally in the season, I do. When there's people coming in, and out of the house, I always have is an emergency couple of kilos of dried pasta, but I can't have it around. I will literally sit there and eat a giant bowl of spaghetti with oil and and pepperoncini and just uh, salt and just and carb coma. There yeah, we yeah. go. Let's go I into know. A carb coma. So, he was like ragazzi die. He got really serious. Jason was walking around and putting stuff away and from the sausage, like cleaning the sausage stuff. Like there's still a mess to clean up as this uh, bomb was dropped. <laughs> nope pasta or bread and he's like you guys seriously he's like ashley what if one of you gets sick what if one of you has a fever you need to have some pasta a little minestrone a little minestra in god what if you get a fever what do you do and he was like he was so serious so then i was like all right i will go don't leave he was like packing up to go he's like seriously i can go eat at home because i've got pasta and bread because then he was like and seriously how do you not keep loaves of bread frozen in the freezer and it's like oh my god this is what we've talked about on many podcasts in the past the freezer bread that gaji pulls out is so questionable of how long and how many years ago it was put in but he's like we, <laughs> i love telling this story every time we bag on gaji a lot but we love him he's just an honestly an endless supply of funny stories so, totally um but he'll pull out the easter bread from last easter like right about now and cut it up and serve it to <laughs> us and be like ragazzi last easter yeah can't even tell the difference and i'm sitting there like trying to go like trying as it dries my whole mouth trying to be like eh, you, you can't it tastes like the goddamn freezer <laughs> 
Oh anyway, so um, Ashley very wisely grabbed the keys and um, slunk out the door and zipped went. into town, came home, and then I found out he was extra pissed because by the time he realized we realized this, and I had to go to town, the edicola and the um, the shop for like getting the newspaper was already closed, so he thought. This is what was going – his world was crashing because he just worked for hours making sausages. He thought no pasta, no bread, and no paper. This is a shit day. <laughs> so at least he got his bread and pasta. <laughs> and I got him a little uh, castagnole filled with cream and uh, his face lit up. Who, who's that for? It's for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, crisis averted. We had a little po- of pasta with a matriciana and then grilled sausages and, and – um, Toasted bread. And toasted bread. There you go. And they're hanging wonderfully, and they will be ready in mid to the second part, uh, the later part of February. Yes. And supposedly, even though it hasn't been a cold, cold winter like in years past, this kind of uh, mild, consistent temperature with the air coming from the south, southwest is uh, good for the curing. So we're going good, like Jason said. Uh, starting to today is the first day in Fano of Car- well, not in Fano, but I guess all, all over Italy. But Fano is the where the big uh, procession is uh, for Carnivale, and uh, every year Fano for for our oh, little area. Oh my god, Fano does it really right. What I just realized, we're going out to lunch today on the coast. Is it going to be a zoo? Yeah, it's going to be a zoo. <sighs> Jason wants out of it anyway. <laughs> No, not really, but I for, I just realized, oh, man, that's going to be a zoo down there. On, in Senegalia? Yeah, uh-huh. we're, we're going to lunch today in Senegalia, and I, I'm not into leaving the house, especially going to lunch on Sundays. Why? Not that I don't like going to lunch. I love going to lunch, but going to lunch on a Sunday in Italy is kind of nuts. <laughs> it's all to do. It, your grandma would say, who needs it? <laughs> that is the one day a week where the giant groups of friends and families come out and ha- booking a table of 26 is not Oh my god, like, the amount of coats and scarves and it's just, these places get packed. They get packed one day a week and it's Sunday and the service gets iffy and and it's you kill a day. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm all about going to lunch, but when you leave at 10 o'clock to go to lunch and you come home at 6 or 7 from lunch, <laughs> that's not going to lunch. That is the, the day. day. <laughs> and I understand that this is a cultural uh, – this is the cultural thing that still to this day I have problems because I got shit to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to see you and catch up and kiss kiss and all that stuff, but do we have to take – eight nine hours to do it let's go for a walk after <laughs> so there's like there's it's always, never just lunch no i think oh, that's lunch it. is gonna go three hours yes which but is then cool. it's always and then we're such like bah humbuggers that it's like then it's like let's go for a walk or walk the beach or walk town and it's like oh, i'm full and fat i don't want to get home and jason's like i got shit to do it's like i'm ready to get home i need to take these pants off <laughs> but um so uh after now 10 years in, we know what's coming, and now we can either head it off at the pass or just go with it. Today, I've chosen to just go with it. So We're going with it. I'm just going to let it go. Today is going to be wrecked, <laughs> and that's the end of <laughs> it. Nothing's getting done but this podcast. This podcast and the lunch, and then we'll come home. It'll be... N- Dark. Dark. <laughs> and that means the day is done. <laughs> where, where did I go? Oh, so Fano on the procession. It's really cool. They do they they do um, a really great job of making the floats and everyone comes out. They do it two or three weekends 
right during mm-hmm. uh, during Carnivale. Um, the my favorite one though is Apecchio because Apecchio, tiny tiny town of Apecchio, they I don't know what day they do it. Sometimes during the week mm-hmm. they do a great Carnivale percent processione because they have it's the town and there's a tractor that pulls like two or three flatbed like uh trailer it's things. country style it's country style and they have all this they're handing out glasses of wine from that thing and throwing candies and, and sausages so, that's right sausages and it's just the town so it really is like two thousand people get out there and just everyone's there and then they end usually at the um school the, not the school the uh Camp, campo sportivo but the gymnasium yeah the and gym. then they have the big like potluck where everyone just kind of bring something it's really sweet and um mm-hmm. it's very um intimate and it's just that small town feel it is it's that it, whether it's america or italy it's that tiny town feel where yeah it's uh all the kids, nothing fancy but no, it feels good all the kids get dressed up and and um uh, i don't know i like it it's always my favorite one to go to uh for carnival so if we don't make it to the Fano one we're not going today to the not the first one. No. We'll definitely go to Apecchio. Well, um... Last sh- bouche. Should I keep... Should you want to keep talking about festivals? About what's coming up in the spring since we're talking about Carnival? Great. So, I was trying to look up <laughs> some things to talk about. And, uh, some events for April and May to give anyone coming out here kind of a heads up and something to look forward to or to mark your calendar. And... Um, I found a couple things, and then I started to write this one festival down in um, Fano that was for, f- like, a food from the countryside and all of this, and it was, like, in the sea, and I thought, ooh, this looks like fun. I'd want to go to this, and I start double-checking the dates, and it said 2011, and it's like, what the hell? What? And I used to be like, Jesus, classic. Why is it still listed on this site? So it is still hard for us, and these are Italian sites. It's not like I'm looking at some English old thing. I don't know. It's <sighs> well, maybe we need to. Um, I agree with you because I have the same problem looking up um, immigration. Um, well, uh, immigration. Uh, well, immigration is you have to talk to the people in immigration. Like you have to talk to a living. Person. No, that the websites aren't updated. Oh, websites are. It's, that's the what immigration I mean. 2011. Are I'm just trying to find stuff that i need during the off season on and searching for it and i've started just going to germany i look i google how to say whatever i'm looking for in german and i find it much easier well good luck with any of you looking online so just to mark your calendars april 1st this year is easter so if you're anywhere in italy i I mean it's going to be um both a zoo and beautiful and um everything's closed everything will be closed and also the monday after Easter is Easter Monday, and everything will be closed that day, too. Pasqua, yeah. um, that's a big day for people to go out to lunch. So if you're planning to go out to lunch that day, make your reservations ahead. Now, when we say everything's closed, that means shops and bank businesses and that. But if These it are has national to do, holidays. If it has to do with food, eating, or socializing, it is always open. Now, another day that people don't realize, our first trip to Italy, we had no idea. But May 1st is um, Primo Maggio, which you might see it listed as that. But it's also... Their um, Festa della Lavoro, their Labor Day, and everything is again closed. So that's one that you meet, might um, – it's on a Tuesday this year. So it's just something as you're kind of planning your um, spring 
trip here to keep in mind. Something cool that is going on in um, in Pesaro, just up the coast from us, is the Artisanal Gelato Festival, which is the 18th to the 20th of May. And that one's really cool. It's really small um, uh, artisanal gelaterias. And they tried to find like the new up-and-coming ones. And what is also great is that is, it just so happens to be during our Made in La Marque package, the 15th to the 20th. So if you're out here for that, uh, take a little side trip up the road to the Gelato Festival. And... That's all I could come up with for a quick search. Like I said, not too much up online yet for the spring. So we'll tre- we'll keep you posted. I'll keep looking. <laughs> um, well, I hope the Gelatas Festival, the artisanal one's better than the one we just we just went. Yeah, tell them where we just went. <clears throat> well, we <clears throat> we needed a few things up in um, Rimini anyway, so we were headed up there, and it just so happened that this is the time of Sijip. Sijip is the Pizza, pasta, bread, pastry, and gelato and coffee expo at the Rimini Convention. It's the big one on the Adriatic, the big expo for that kind of stuff. Um, Rimini is about how far? An hour and an hour and a half, forty-five or so. Yeah, yeah. call it forty-five from us um, up the coast. Okay, and that's really if if you have a big expo coming through, that's where usually it's going to be for our area. Um, we went there maybe now eight years ago, one time. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Um, and it was different. When we went then, it was more smaller kind of producers. We went with, um, with Maki. Maki. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. Like, you'd see chocolate. People bring chocolate from all over the world and nuts and, and flowers, different types of mil- great mills of flowers and, like, raw more raw ingredients. There was also, you know, the, the big... Uh, pre-made, you know, mixed gelato and the pre-made cornetti, the pasta that you eat, see all over in every bar. There was that stuff too, but it was a mix of that different stuff. We went this time and it was just big in big industry food. It was just crappy, crappy pre-made pizzas and all these, uh, it was like a glorified Costco samples, like, because they, everything had samples. So it was, yeah, I'm a sucker for a sample, and it was like four in. You're like, I don't know, it's not even worth it. The gelato was weird. Just lots weird. of weird, <laughs> lots of weird gelato. Like not good. Like ugh, no, this isn't good. like throw it away gelato. And um, I no wonder Maki wasn't there this year. <laughs> I was um, like, yep. The, like I've never like Italians really aren't. They don't do what Amer- okay Americans when you have free samples they like they will like elbow each other out of the way for a freaking half of a bagel bite, right? I don't know necessarily think Italians would do that, but at this freaking thing, they, you know, the pre-made crappy focaccia, they put it out and people would go like swimming over each other for it. It's like, that's not, that's not good. All the little interesting producers of the chocolates and the, and the small roaster, the people who uh, produce small roasting of, different coffees and all i think it got too expensive to have a booth at this thing because because it's no booth it's each booth if you will each uh, plot of real estate was massive if you've ever been to a car show like the big car show at, at or one of those where they have the big huge flashy stage like displays where it's just all glitzy and that's mainly what it was or a coffee shop or, or the roaster would have their own cafe set up and like full on walls, entrance, flooring, lighting, um, 
it was it was it's over the top i mean it's cool if you're walking around looking for concepts and and ideas for design but, and things like that jason always gets lost in the planetary mixers okay one thing that i always i go the first place whenever i go to any of these kind of big expo things is to the big machines i love the big machines so whether we go to the agro expo i always go to the giant track i want to go look at the giant tractors when i go to these kind of ki- uh cooking kitcheny expos i love the big giant mixers and i want to see a mixer that you can get into and and it's just you know that mixer's 150,000 euros and it's just <laughs> all the crazy machinery and stuff um i always love that section the really awesome soto voto machines yeah the the vacuum seal machines um the uh it's always fun to go look at the like um chocolate stuff with the how the cho- you know the cookies oh, pass yeah. through the chocolate waterfall kind of thing um i always i'm fascinated by those mechanical big the simple ones that just mix and the complicated ones that, you know, package and, mm-hmm. and do all that. <clears throat> but the um, – it was just disappointing this year. It seemed more like a big, giant um, um, industrial food expo, whereas before it was more raw and green. Like, yeah, that's where you go and get different flowers and, cho- like I said, chocolates and nuts and, and roasted coffees and, and more of that kind of stuff. Not so much by our, by our pre-made pizza dough. And Cornetti, Yeah. <sighs> That's really what it was. It was. And we tried to hook up a deal with Pascucci, our local um, Marque roasted coffee. I don't know. Um, yeah, they got really big, too. They I got didn't, big. They got really big. So when we first got here, Pascucci, I love Pascucci coffee. And they're out of Macerata. Macerata. Sorry, up by us. Um, and they were just this small coffee roaster that were in some bars in the area, but the coffee was really good. And we were always too small. Well, we, we found out now we're really too small um, because we went, we went and tried to meet with one of the representatives at their giant freaking display at the siege thing. And um, they keep steering us to the little pods. I don't want pods. Yeah, they're like, oh, for a bed and breakfast, for this and that, why don't you get pods? And it's like, ugh. And he's like, here, try a sample of this. It's like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's not as good. It's not. You just gave us two coffees from the real machines, and that was delicious. That's, I want that. I want the good one. So w- what I want is I want the old school coffee machine with the lever. And if anyone's into coffee. But only like the two pours. Two, like, just yeah, it has two, spots. two levers. Um, I know it's ridiculous. That's and everyone says the same thing. It's kind of douchey too. Is it? I don't know. Well, the mocha is nice, but I just want we drink coffee. I know. I, right now we use the mocha and Cafe Lavazza Oro. Oh, head over to Facebook. Just reposted that this morning. How now, to use the mocha? Um, now if you want to talk, are, are we going to get into coffee? We sure. Didn't, we didn't really plan on talking about yeah. that. Whatever. It's I'm, organic. Let's see where it flows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am. I I drink a ton of coffee. I love Cafe Lavazza Oro. Lavazza makes several different types of of uh, um, variations, and this is 100% arabica. It's the gold one. You can get it in the in the tin, uh, in the like cylindrical tub, or you get it in the bricks. bricks. Uh, that's all we use, and it's <laughs> awesome. And we use the mocha, the Bialetti mocha. Um, and for, for everything, for us every day, for when Gaji comes over, for the guests, for everything. Um, and it works pretty damn well for twenty bucks. It's the the for price versus you know price mm-hmm. versus quality. I think the mocha is is great. But that being said, it doesn't make the crema. And it there is something crema. about having the knock. Like I love the sound and the smell. Like 
And everyone says – and when we talk about this, they all say the same thing, and it's true. Those machines aren't made for making two coffees in the morning. I understand that. Those machines, you can't turn them off and turn them on. Like it takes time for them because it's a real machine. It's, it's made for making coffee continuously for hours. Like a train. It's like to, it's supposed to just chug along. Yes. And we're going to make – for you know, I we'll make two coffee, four coffee, eight coffee, whatever. If we're even if we're in the season, we'll make twenty coffees, and then you can't shut it off. And then when you want a coffee in the afternoon, come back and turn it back on and have it ready in five minutes. It takes, I think, it takes time. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I'll leave it on. I don't care. I want the whole setup. I want the little grinder thing. I want uh, the. What boom, about boom. the electric bill? Oh, I might be willing to. Um, Eat the power consumption. Oh my god! I want the dunk dunk. I want the little, um, <laughs> you know, the little drawer you pull out to bang the grounds mm-hmm. in. I want the lever. I don't want the button. I, I want, want a the lever. big grinder. Yeah, you have to have that. Mm-hmm. I, so we tried to tell him that's what we wanted. And then he said, how about a mocha? <laughs> we said, we got mochas. And then he again tried to get us to do the... They're called like chodes, <laughs> chotelas, the chotela. Um, it's just the pods the or pods. the little packet, the little things, and it's it's not a great cup of coffee. It's fine if you're at a whatever, but it's not what I'm putting. It's in stupid. My house. Also, here's why: because it pisses us off when we go and stay at a hotel, bed and breakfast, wherever, especially in Italy, and they serve us one of these because it's honestly it's BS. Just put a mocha on the stove. BS. <laughs> well, seriously, if we don't like it when we get served it, so no, why would so we I, serve I it? I don't serve it to my guests. No. I do the. I I make the mocha, and um, but I want to upgrade the coffee, and mm-hmm. it's going to cost. It's going to cost. So here's. So yeah, they sell the machines, and and they're looking for someone who uses. We would use. I would say in a in a week in the season, we probably use two kilos of coffee. Eight of those, mm-hmm. one a day, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it eight in a week, in seven days. They're looking for someone who used two kilos. So we use two kilos a week. They're looking for someone who uses at minimum two kilos a day. So we are too small. It sucks. We'll find coffee somewhere. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize Pascucci was ever international. Is there a either. big, big uh, thing? And they kept- If you guys see them, try it. Check them out. They're delicious. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you at a fancy schmancy coffee place that sells coffee, Pascucci is, is definitely in the States. Um, like I said, we'd be serving it if we could. Otherwise, uh, we're stuck with Lavat. We're stuck with Lavat. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll, maybe I'll add that to my to-do, like long-term to-do list to look for a used machine. There you go. Something tells me it's not going to be economical. It never is, these no, things. No. <laughs> it's going to be old at tomorrow's prices. Um, we have had some, for those of you who have been here before or planning to come, some exciting news, you guys. This is the da-da-da local chat. I don't know. We need like a little jingle for our local gossip. No, probably not. Um, <laughs> we have had some work done on the road. Oh, my God. Well, shout out props to the, uh, the village of, of Pecchio. Round has, of a freaking applause. <laughs> who has taken upon themselves to fix their portion of our crappy road <laughs> so thankfully they have a nice long portion at the b uh when you enter the back way um from apacchio sant'angelo if any of you've been here you'll know what i'm talking about 
uh, it's been pretty rough going that back route. Muddy. Real muddy. Especially with the big trucks they do uh, with wood all spring, summer, and fall long. Big, giant, huge, double remorchio, uh, double, what, what do you call that? Tractor trailer. Yep, of wood um, coming in and out of this valley. And it tore that road up, and then the rains came, and it just turned it into literally um, mud. There's times that we wouldn't go on that road different times of the year because it's like you don't know what the conditions are going to be. Well, thanks to Apecchio and Giuseppini, uh, Giuseppino, he has been out there on his little bobcat working that road. And how many, like he probably did two kilometers or so. Mm-hmm. He First he, he graded it. Then he cleaned out both sides with all the, all the rocks and, like and made trees. Gutters. Like made gutters. beautiful gutters. Regraded it. Then laid down big, uh, big, uh, big, st- big, like, uh, picks, like crumbled, crushed rock. And then, then, uh, uh, what's it called? Rolled it up. Steam rolled yeah. it in and then came back over the top with fine rock and rolled that in. Ugh, gorgeous. Ooh, it is mighty it nice. Is, it's the little things in life there, folks. And let me tell you, two <laughs> kilometers of brand new uh, redone white road. It feels really good. Luxurious. It we is. don't deserve it. No, and oh, we've gotten smart. So it was like, who's working on the road? What's going on down there? Da-da-da-da. We've got the, the dog, Zoom. So Jason walks down the road. Checks out the guy doing the work, realizes we know him, and it's like, hey, buddy. And he's like, oh, buddy, 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 buddy. And what does he keep calling you? James. James. Hey, James. <laughs> James. Yeah, what's up? And um, and so Jason was like, hey, I've got, can you help me with the the our driveway? And, you know, let me know how much, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, you already have the bobcat down here, and if, you know... If you could, because they're literally a kilometer, if that, away. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, when you're done, if you could just pass by and you know, I'll pay for it, whatever, you know, whatever you, ah, no problem, no problem. And he goes, in fact, I think there's going to be a little leftover rock that I can uh, put it back on. Once I'm done, I'll bring the rock. So he did. He came by on his little bob. Oh, I need, now I need a bob. Now he's, <laughs> I need a bobcat. Let me tell you he how. He was zipping around on that thing. I could use it for so many things. He knew how to use it. He did know how to use that little bobcat. It's awesome. And he regraded our uh he regraded the drive. I'm gonna have to go with a pickaxe and a shovel and dig out the, the trench on the side. That's that's on me. But um and then he's almost done with the road and he'll bring back some crushed gravel and re gravel it and it'll be good for one season. Yeah, it's it's the little pleasures in life, though. Um, the little wins. So, bravo to Apecchio. Uh, no one from there is listening. I can assure you of that. But we are very grateful for the work being done. And um, uh, Urbania, Piobico, Sant'Angelo, please take notice. Shame. Shame, shame on you. Shame on you and your whole family. <laughs> toot, toot. That's me spitting. You should, you should follow Apecchio's brilliant lead and do that to your portion of via Kendall. <laughs> well, as we have been taking the dogs on the walk, Jason has uh, obviously gotten some side work secured with uh, our driveway, but it is a great time, especially in the winter, to explore some of the ruins or abandoned farmhouses out here. Now, I like to call it exploring imagination and fun times, but it could also be described as breaking and entering, but that's, I don't know. It's neither here nor there. If there's no, if there's no one living there for certain, I, 
don't know. I'm not taking anything. I'm just checking stuff out. I'm just checking things out. Yes. I've found this uh, since we've had the dog for the last couple of weeks. I found two waterfalls, and I finally checked out the mill, uh, mill along uh, on the road, the back road to Sant'Angelo. There's this really pretty little area with a mill by the river. And we, me and Soom checked that out too. So I brought Ashley to, to this mill the other day to, on our daily walk with the dog. And uh, <laughs> she's walking around. Now, when I go and check them out, I walk around the house. I, I kind of – I don't really – they're all overgrown and you don't know where you're stepping. And, you know, you don't know if that overgrown – if the path continues or who knows. So I just kind of walk around and peek and the dog runs around and, and um, that's about it. I Ashley, take it. I take it. Quite Ashley takes a quite different approach. <laughs> Ashley gets like <laughs> she's chomping through overgrown brush and going around the back sides. She comes around to this one um, rickety old like barn door thing with a with a slide latch. She undoes the slide latch, hip puts her hip into it. The freaking thing opens opens you know a little bit, and she jumps back. <laughs> oh oh my god! I didn't know it was going to do that. I'm like. You didn't realize that when you put your shoulder into the door, it might open? <laughs> that, that surprised you. Well, I thought it was going to be a little harder than that. <laughs> it opened right up. Um, I tend to explore deeper. Um, yes, the mill it was awesome. I had never been there before. So that was quite exciting because outside <laughs> I've driven by many times and have thought, well, I got to check that out. And let me tell you, it is worth going down over there. Okay. So first of all, on the outside, it's very sweet set. It's two stone structures, um, on the edge of the river. Um, and you can see on the outside and we're not, I'm sorry. We're not really, these houses, no one's lived there for 50 years. Like there's no windows. Yeah. It's totally (laughs) inhabitable. Anyway, go ahead. And like everyone knows who owns it or whatever. It's not a big deal, but my breaking and entering is not a big deal. Uh, (laughs) Says, Says Ashley. Who's calling the cops? Um, so the outside has two huge wheels, iron wheels that were some part of a pulley system of some sort. I don't know what I, my, this is where the imagination starts peaking. You can look down and see where the old part of the river at one point flowed in underneath. Um, there's these huge arches and there's still water underneath the house. Um, so uh, that's where obviously where the mill workings are, and we couldn't get into that one. Uh, <laughs> that was a little, we forgot the crowbar. That was a little too secure, uh, <laughs> which made me even more curious. <laughs> so then, um, and it's also interesting because a lot of these old places, maybe the front door's locked, maybe it's not, maybe it's jimmyable. But a lot of them will leave numerous windows ajar or open on the other floors to because Italians know the worst thing for something like this is to have it all just rot out. So it's better to have a window open. And some places leave a door open because they're like, there's nothing in here to steal. If you want to break in, I'd rather you not break the door down. So um, so I found one of those doors. <laughs> um but as Jason mentioned, it freaked me out. Like, I like the idea of exploring in them. And then, like, creepy crawly ghosts, not like spiders. It's more like spirits and ghosts and um, bad juju. So I never, ever, ever take or touch anything. Just photos and memories. And um, <laughs> then... Take only memories. Leave only, leave only footprints. And a broken front door. <laughs> Exactly. So then I start going around the back because I ain't done. And um, 
we see, oh my God, there's part of this other stone wall. Like what was on the backside of this and the dogs exploring further. And oh my gosh, as I start getting back behind the house, I see this little trail and there's another arch of a stone wall back set into part of the land. And I was like, oh my, what do we have here? And oh boy, I went running over there and it felt like, it felt like the movie, The Great Outdoors, the mine, like the mine, the abandoned mine that the creepy twins go and they like to hear themselves echo and the bear comes out. I kept thinking, oh my God, what is this? And it looked like there was some sort of trap door or the, I don't even know. I have no idea. I took a few pictures, Instagram storied it and it got me pretty, <laughs> it got me pretty freaking excited. Oh my God. Um, because it, it's not a true memory unless you put it on Facebook or Instagram. Everyone remember that. <laughs> If you want I a true was just memory. <laughs> but it got me pretty excited. I also recently took Jason to what I like to call Rumpelstiltskin's house, which we've gone by many times. Um, it's near, it's closer to our house. And again, it's a set of two little houses and abandoned for years and years and years. And this time, some of the doors were open and I could see a jar. Oh man, it got me even more excited. You could see um, underneath where the troughs were still and the big basins for water that were made of stone and the stone, the huge, those stone floors were big. The pieces the of pieces stone. The pieces of yeah, stone. they were huge. And that was definitely for the livestock. Then the other part that was so exciting was I knew there was a well there and a little chapel there's a plaque that says it it's not uh so (laughs) mysterious but the door had been popped off part of the plywood and for the first time ever you could see into (laughs) the well and i was like oh my god there is water just you guys it's just really exciting i don't know it makes me it's so stupid and silly i know but it's just fun I don't know. Maybe we need TV <laughs> or something. More entertainment. Yeah. Um, there is this kind of stuff all over Italy and all over Europe for that matter. And when you find these places, um, you can look in, obviously. But if they're like, for instance, there's a bunch of really old, cool, you can tell they're old wine bottles. You could just see how the glass is old. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskins or, or yeah, wherever. Or there's these pieces of um, iron in there that were like cha- iron chain from God knows when and all. Here's the thing. No one will ever know if you take it. You'll know. But it is bad juju. It, it just is. You can't take that stuff out of the house unless you have – unless you know, ha- obviously talk to the person. But that's a whole other thing. But no – it's, I don't just know. don't do it. I just feel like if you take that bottle, it's like the bad, bad. You stole, you took it out of the house. Bad omen comes with it, and it, bad things happen. Just leave it. We've all seen the Brady Bunch episode where they go to Hawaii. I think we know. Don't touch the tiki, 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 uh, tiki uh, torches. Yeah, whatever was it, it was. Tiki torches? No, it was like a tiki, like a, like a. <sighs> Talisman. That's what it's called. Okay. So just just don't take any of the shit. Just leave it there. But explore. I mean, like I said, if the door's ajar, uh, kind of go in. But like any of these old houses, there's no mystery to it. We went down the road and talked to Basilio, who has who who's um, Gaggi's friend. And hey, what's with the mill down the road? Oh yeah, that's the Bartolini family. They're from Sant'Angelo. The son runs the. He has a. Um, <laughs> he got. He knew the whole freaking thing. The son has a furniture store on the way to Mercantello. <laughs> the mama is Alziani. She's getting older. Um, there's 
there's a daughter who uh, uh, owns something else. In they're all from Sant'Angelo. There's another brother who's part owner of it, and they're looking to sell it. And um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty little spot, but ooh, umido, like everyone knows, Humid. you you can't have you can't have that house. It's it, because for two reasons. One, it's right. It's literally twenty meters for you, from the river, which is beautiful. It's beautifully so gorgeous, sweet. But you'll freeze. You'll freeze because you're. It's a mill, so you're down. You're down by the river where the main road is above you. And while the position is good, it's got a southeasterly position to the house. Um, it's just wet. Like yesterday was a gorgeous day. It was dry. We go down there and it's cold and like it's just colder and more damp. damp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have you can't live there. I know. It's very sweet, though. So it's fun to explore. Um, and then, yeah, Jason found some waterfalls that then made him think. Holy smokes, we've been here for 10 years and you found two waterfalls in the last week with this dog. How many more are there out here? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a great time to walk around in the wintertime because all the leaves obviously aren't on the trees. So you can just see a lot more. So um, I try with this dog to walk different. I get bored, man. He's we got to go every day twice. So um, I've been jumping in the car and going 10 minutes, like 10 minutes, a little bit down the road, but it seems like forever. And then um, walking different trails through the through the hills and i found two waterfalls this like we're not talking niagara falls here no but it's nice it's pretty it just makes you uh it reminds you god we're so small out here and how many things are uh, just right in view of our house that we don't even know exist so it's pretty cool it's been um nice uh makes me feel like indiana jones a little bit my discoveries i love it that belongs in a museum. Yes. All right, bring us home. We gotta get, we gotta get ready for to go to lunch. It is almost oh my god, it nine is. o'clock. It's... Get in the mindset. All right, thank you guys for listening, and you can find us on our website latavlamarque.com. Join us this summer for some of our wood oven workshops, our sausages from scratch workshop. Maybe come this May for our Made in La Marque, um, where it is a wine tour with Marco. A visit to the craft brewery of Colesi for a beer tasting, our Feel Like a Local Friday at Fushiani's, and three half-day cooking classes, all local seasonal recipes, and May 15th to the 20th. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, uh, you know it, La Tavola Marche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Ciao, ciao.